I was mentioning, the first thing is to know is what is, what is uh, chametz. So chametz is a kezayis of chametz. A kezayis is approximately half of a piece of a New York rye bread. So that's a lot, that's a big piece of chametz, right? How, how hard is it going to be to find that? That's not hard. So the, the, the actual iser iser is a kezayis. However, if there is crumbs which are edible, so that could be a problem as well. Not as severe, but it would also be a problem. Now, if the crumbs are unedible, what does that mean? If it's under a refrigerator or behind your oven in an area where it's with dust and dirt, those are not edible crumbs. That's what we call schmutz, right? That's not crumbs. That's schmutz. My wife, my wife is, if you would see, if you want to, if you want to imagine, I, I kid you not, if you want to imagine, like, a chametz every, everywhere and anywhere, you have to see the, the Rebetzin's minivan about three weeks ago. <laughs> Six kids eating chametz a whole year, one-year-olds, three-year-olds, I mean, you can't even imagine where there's chametz. Well, you can imagine. Uh, well, you can imagine. <laughs> you, but, but magnify that, triple that, <laughs> right? And over a whole year, like my car, I'm like a stickler. I, don't, I officially have a no comments policy the whole year in my car. My kids think my car is like this, like, you know, like a uh, museum. You know? uh, but I can do that because I don't have them in the car nearly as much as the Rebels. I don't carpool them to school. Uh, the, her car is everywhere. And like, literally, like, if you like, look in the cracks, in the crevices, it's there. So if she would try to get some of these things out, it would be absolutely close to impossible. You, I remember one year, one year, they should, we actually got Michael Lerner, some paid for Michael Lerner. Remember when Michael Lerner was doing this? Michael Lerner was like a day on that car. And even Michael Lerner can get everything out of that car. Like, you know, he was like getting all these kinds of contraptions and things. There's no way. So, there's an important thing. If the, if the, if the crumbs are inedible, there's nothing, it's, it's, it's nothing, right? So what do you do to make something inedible? So either you put it under your fridge, or you put it in your oven, right? Or you start to get a good friend called bleach or ammonia or any of these type of things which will make it even a dog candy. It'll be poisonous. So if you spray in the crevices where you can't get to, that's not a problem. That will... So like I always say, there's ammonia pads, what they call those? Uh, Clorox pads, Clorox wipes, Clorox wipes. On Pesach, you buy like 20 packages of Clorox wipes, They'll be your best friend. Really, really, Clorox wipes do wonders because any crumbs, right, you're going to be having a much easier time. Now, I will say, Kabbalistically, like we started out earlier, for those who weren't here, you can listen to the, to the thing, to the, to, the, to the tape, or in our world, to MP3. Uh, and there is, I get to get rid of all chametz, right? If it's chametz, it's the Sahara. Kabbalistically, there's the Arizal says to get rid of everything and anything, and there were Jews who painted their walls, and that's praiseworthy. However, our goal is Chag Kasher Vesameach. I would contend if you have to pick, make a pick between being happy uh, at the Seder, awake at the Seder, happy to your husband for two weeks, husband happy to you, I don't know who or the divisional labor is, feel free to delegate as much as you want to your husbands. Uh, if they don't help, tell, you know, that, that they're, they're obsolete. But I would say, if you want to go for inedible crumbs, that's a nice praiseworthy thing, but it's not worth 
your sanity and happiness and Seder for, right? That is, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a nice ideal, but it, it's a big chumrah. Because halakhically speaking, if the crumbs are inedible, and what's a crumb? Less than a kazayis. You just said a kazayis is, kazayis is half of a piece of, of New York rubber. That's a big, that's big. That's a big crumb. That's a big crumb. Right? Right. And also, I just want to re- re- repeat, I've had, I've been pushing all of the men. This is actually very important. I've been, I've been on a, uh, on a, on a mission this year. My mission for the men, I've been pushing them to get people to sell their chametz, right? Relatives and friends and co-workers. And I mention this why, because there are many traditional Jews, conservative Jews, not politically conservative, they'd be orthodox and politically conservative. Uh, there are many, there are, there are, there are conservatives who care about Pesach, who, I know people who do not eat kosher, I'm sure everyone here does, do not eat kosher the entire year, but Pesach, they are absolutely stringent. But many of them, many traditional Israelis, they, they imagine, they're under the assumption that you can't eat chametz, you can't see chametz. They don't realize that you cannot own chametz. Right? It's absolutely prohibited to own chametz. So what people will do is they'll put it into a closet, and they'll close the door, and they own breads, and bagels, and cookies, and they don't sell it. Right? They don't sell it, and that chametz becomes, not only does that Jew lot over the mitzvahs of Pesach, but you can't eat that chametz after Pesach. So it's very easy. If you get your relatives or anybody to sell the chametz, I'll just get them, get them to appoint you power of attorney to do it to me, right? Just get them to sell the chametz. Right? If you get them to sell the chametz, you save them from owning the chametz, and the food is edible after Pesach. Food that chametz that's owned on Pesach, if Pars doesn't sell the store, out, store, uh, you sell it to me. I know. I, don't, I have. <laughs> what? It's hundred percent good. But if you wouldn't sell the store, chas v'shalom, you can't. You can't every, it's all. It's, it, not only could you not use it, you couldn't even get it to a gentile. You can't get any pleasure from an after pesach, right? Well, you can do the you can do the bread products, right? You cannot own chametz on pesach. So when we talk about getting rid of chametz, it's not just not seeing chametz. Not just not eating chametz. You cannot own chametz. So what's the chametz we're talking about? It's a kezayis or crumbs which are edible. So now, if a crumb is in an area, and this is by an, an area where you're, you can, it's totally edible. It's in your kid's kitchen toy. So let's go to toys now, right? Right. All uh, kids' toys. You know, your kid takes a cookie and he crushes it in his little toy car. Those crumbs are not under a fridge, and they're not, they're not under a. Uh, in the cracks of your car, they're in the toy. And guess what? Watch little kids. And, and watch little kids. They will get that toy six weeks later and start eating the cookie from the toy. It's totally edible crumbs. It's not. That's, so that's a problem. It's not. It's not. The, 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 it's not the only kazais, but certainly having chametz be'en on Pesach. So if you take uh, uh, if you take your the kids' toys or anything like that, so what you do is you look right away. You look right away for. Chametz. Usually, you won't see. If you see it, you take it. Take all kids' toys. If you want to keep around the house, just take in a, a, a Clorox wipe. You wipe it. You don't have to sit there and inspect it, right? Even if there be something ingrained in there, you can just Clorox wipe it. It's unedible afterwards, right? In the kitchen, is a different galaxy because kitchen actually will affect kashas. This is not going to work for the kitchen, right? The kitchen is a separate entity. I'm talking about around the around and about the house. You take the toys, right? Clorox wipe. Uh, the to- uh, 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 
toys. You know, you have a nice friend called a rag, right? Or, or otherwise, you you put some you know some uh, some bleach or whatever on it, and it becomes um, uh, inedible. Um, clothes, right? Clothes you put in the wash. Kids' clothes you put in the wash. We should check the pockets, right? But let's say you put the kids' clothes in the wash and they have crumbs in their pockets, okay? It's almost any boy or girl under six years old does, right? right? So if you put the wash, is the crumbs edible? No. So me'ikara din, that would be okay. Now, there is, when you're talking about um, cosmetics and stuff, there is a Moshe Feinstein who is careful about ethyl alcohol. What's ethyl alcohol made of? Grain. So the Moshe Feinstein says, and you see by alcoholics, since ethyl alcohol is made of grain and you could take out, you could distill the, you can distill it, so the Moshe is careful that anything that has ethyl alcohol, but that would only apply to liquid products because shampoos and soaps and creams, there's nothing to talk about, right? You could have, um, you know, a wheat shampoo, not, no, it's not edible, right? You can't distill any alcohol. So strictly speaking, that would be totally permissible to own. And you could even use it. There are those who are strange not to use it, but it's not, it's not edible chametz, right? That's completely inedible chametz. When you hear people looking at cosmetics, what they're looking for is the things that have ethyl alcohol. So if you look at a list like of a Blooming Francis book, he brings things that have ethyl alcohol, the um, CRC has some of these stuff, as does Rabbi Bess puts out every year. That's in the Star K. That's a Chumrah, and there are many who are stringent, but that's again, it's a stringency. Take out things that have alcohol, okay? Uh, so clothes, in particular though, one thing, one thing it's, I, I, I'm not doing yet is things that are in the kitchen or clothes you're going to wear to the Seder are, are a much different situation. And, and the reason, reason I'll jump ahead is if one crumb I remember I mentioned a crumb is a crumb but if you take one crumb and you put it in a, this thing of tea or you put it on a pot as big as this room imagine a pot as big as this room I don't think you can imagine that right but it, it has to be industrial right one crumb goes into that pot you know what happens everything's not kosher so whenever you're near food the most energy that you have to put into your house is the kitchen because that's near food. Kitchen, your tables. Right? A crumb in this corner here, right? They'll, they'll, they'll mop it, they'll whatever. It's not a dangerous thing. Right? A crumb, if it's left somewhere else, will do bittle on it. Right? Besides looking for it, you know, there'll be bittle. It's harmless. You removato the crumb. No one's going to even, even if it's there. Removato is going to nullify it. Right? You're going to sell it. But if a crumb is in the kitchen area, right? That kitchen, that could trafe up your food in your kitchen. Right? So the most energy, so if you have any clothes, now most people don't have crumbs in their clothes, but if there's any clothes, so you know the famous story of Shmuel Salant, uh, I'm not sure if I've ever said this story before, now, Shmuel Salant, there's a, a, a chassan came, uh, a groom came to him, uh, uh, he got married a week before Pesach, and the night of the Seder, he comes, he says, like, he can't believe he knocks on the Shmuel Salant, was a chief rabbi of Jerusalem 120 years ago, he knocks on the on, on the chief rabbi's uh, uh, door, he says, I, I, I married into a family, the Yushalmi family, you know, an old, I think like Meir Sharm Gula, I married to a family that eat chametz and Pesach. He couldn't believe it, they eat chametz and Pesach. He said, what are you talking about? I said, I went to my soup, 
I put some of my food in my soup and I see a kernel of grain. You see a kernel of grain. So I can't believe I imagine a family. So, this is in Shalimic. It cannot be. What's the family's name? No way. I'm telling you, I stuck my food in my spoon. There's a kernel of grain in my, in my soup. He says, how long have you been married for? I says, about a week. And he says, what are you wearing at your wedding? He says, I was wearing exactly this clothes. My strimal, everything. So Shmuelslan picks up his strimal and he bangs on the table. And kernels of wheat come out. Because in Jerusalem, the, the custom is, you throw, you throw wheat. That's an old custom from the Talmud. So he got, he had wheat in his strimal. From the strimal, the wheat in the soup. So there's a famous story of Shmuel says, before you blame others, check your own strimal. Right? You always gotta look at yourself first before you blame others. But, quite frankly, if something falls into the soup, the soup is not kosher. So you want to make sure your clothes, like, that's not really a concern, but what is a concern is tablecloths. So what are you going to do with a tablecloth? So, tablecloths, there are those who are, because tablecloths is where you're putting the food. Forgetting that we'll get to the tables in, in a second, but tablecloths should be sh- made sure to, if you have vinyl, or not good, if you have re- you know, vinyl tablecloths used for the year, are not good. The cloth tablecloths, you want to have you use your regular year ones you use for Pesach. So you should make sure to wash it very well in uh, a, with hot water and, and detergent and check it <laughs> if you want to use it and check it that there's nothing on there. You have to check that well. Right? There are people who are stringent to have separate tablecloths for Pesach, so you don't have to be neurotic about it. But technically speaking, like you check other things, you can wash your tablecloths with hot water and soap and check it but it has to be checked because if there's anything stuck there anything on there that's where you're putting your food on okay the the tables themselves right tables themselves so, so tables where you're going to be eating from not your kids table I, I what I recommend is you do two things you put a, a waterproof uh, thing on top right Right, well, they sell actually these waterproof uh, covers in Home Depot, all these things on top, right, which is plastic, and then put a, a tablecloth on top of it. Why I say waterproof? Because if you have anything hot, which spills, or it's, it's cloth, for example, right, what happens if you have hot on cloth, it seeps through, and you can have the end. So it should be, su- some people they cover with newspaper, and then they put a tablecloth on top. But if it's waterproof, it, 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 it works better. It should have two layers. Besides making sure the table is completely clean, you should have two layers, preferably, I would say, waterproof. Some people like to use aluminum foil. They aluminum foil the table, and then they put the tablecloth on top. The issue with aluminum foil is that very often it rips and tears. Because remember, for Ashkenazim, or anyone smart, we have some sort of... Ashkenazim are, are super machmer on Pesach. Not only do we hold there's no nullification, there's no bittel, there's one kernel falls into this big pot, it becomes. But Ashkenazim hold there's no nice and tam of gam. Nice and tam means if it, remember, you ever ask a, a kosher question? The rabbi will ask, is it, was it used the past day or not? Right? Did you use the past 24 hours or not? It makes a difference in the question. That, that question doesn't exist on Pesach. If you haven't used something in seven weeks, seven months, Right? and it was used for chametz, and now you have contact with hot foods, right? it is non-kosher. You, have, you cannot eat that food. Which means if you, let's imagine this table six weeks ago uh, had you know, hot chillin fall on it with barley. Right? It's uncovered. And now your uh, sweet potato, sweet potato, 
falls on this table on Pesach, you cannot eat that sweet potato. You have to throw it away. It's ed- it's completely inedible, right? Because it went on the table which had hot chametz, right? Okay, um, shelves. Now, let's say our pantry. Okay, you have it in your pantry. Pantry is certainly a place where you're keeping food. Do people keep out of curiosity? Does anyone keep uncovered food in the pantry? Most people don't, right? I think most people keep packaged foods in the pantry, but just in case, some people do put, I mean, no one puts like onions in the pantry. Maybe you do, but, but it, it, when, I would imagine nobody puts hot food. Anyone put hot food in the pantry? No? You know, put cocoa on top of the pantry time. Uh, so, really no hot food going to be involved over there. So the first thing you do with the pantry is you take your good old friend, the Clorox wipes. You know, you have to use only three bottles of so You're going to use all 20, right? You have to number four, right? You're going to take the Clorox, so you're going to every, well, on the pantry, you'll look, there's not going to be any, any pieces of bread there, right? No cookies. And it Clorox wipe because if there's anything you're missing there, it's nuked, right? Or bleached, we call it what you like. It's inedible. Take the Clorox wipe, wipe it. Now, the minhog, and this is a, a beautiful minhog, is to cover it with, uh, Newspaper, if it's you know good or proper newspaper, uh, or or aluminum foil or parchment paper, contact paper, and that's that's good because the reason is we're dealing with food, and that's why people are careful. But strictly speaking, uh, there's it, it no unless you're putting hot food there or you have crumbs around there. There's no real transfer of food over there, right? But people do it because it is dealing with food, and it, it's a nice thing uh, to be careful. Uh, at this point, I have, a, I have an underline here. And I, uh, even though it does not go in any order, um, but I think it's important to remind, and I've had this question come up multiple years, uh, vacuum cleaner, most important thing, make, make a, when you actually have a list, change the bag, the bag is chametz, right, right, it's literally chametz, have a note, get rid of that bag, I'm, I, I, every year I have at least two ladies calling me, and they forgot to change the vacuum paper. What do they do with the bag? You have to either burn it or get rid of it in some way. It depends on what's in the vacuum cleaner bag. There's really usually all kinds of gook and comments in there. Sometimes it's completely gook, so it's not a problem, but change the bag. The other thing is brooms. Right? If you're going to use the same broom, I don't recommend using the same broom, by the way, for Pesach, because brooms are used in the kitchen. <laughs> right? I, 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 brooms, anyways, if you switch your broom once a year, it's, not, it's a good investment, right? They work better the rest of the year. You switch it by Pesach, right? But if you don't, if you can't afford it, you gotta check the broom very well, right? If you're gonna use the same broom, really look at the bottom there, cause that's what you're putting in your kitchen, that's what you're putting around, so check your broom well if you're gonna keep the same one. Yeah? Yeah, no, of course, technically speaking, you, you can clean it well. Especially today, the, the old brooms were impossible. You know, the old, the, those, the, the new brooms are more spread apart, it's easier to do, but just make sure there's nothing on there, and then, then you're good to go. Um, so empty it. <laughs> well, yeah. So no, I'm not, I'm not picking on. I'm not, I'm not endorsing vacuum cleaners with bags or that bags. It means whatever would contain the the the, the in there, get rid yeah. of it. I empty it. You're good to go. Because I used it before, and then it's it's put away. I okay, that, and it's away. that's good. And uh, I use only disposable things to wipe the floor. So then you're good. So, so fantastic. Yes. So, um, 
for the vacuum underneath and everything? Do I just spray everything I can see? Well, under the like where? Like you know the roller thing and underneath the vacuum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, usually there's nothing caught there. But if you if you're concerned, you can just take a wipe and also do like that as well. I should get a percentage, by the way. Every Pesach they should pay me for this. Uh, but um, but any any kind of household cleaner. Any cleansing agent which will make it inedible. And again, if it's a big. If it's a kazais, that will not work. We're talking about crumbs, small small things. A kazayis, it actually have to be so inedible that a dog, not, nothing, it would really have to be completely, uh, but, but for crumbs, that, that does a trick. Rings, 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 rings touch, hot food, food, right? Um, no, anyone, by the way, ever stick their hand into a boiling hot pot of uh, soup? I hope not, alright? Has <laughs> uh, anyone knocked the door, Mrs. Hartman, on a, on, a, on a Thursday night saying that they're stuck their hand in a soup? Can they speak to Andy? Never, okay. You've had it all, though, right? <laughs> they come to you with all things, the other things. Right? So nobody's putting their hot in, hands into hot soup. But what, what, what would be an issue? First of all, people use around steam. People use their rings, you know, around hot things that people need with it and dough. So, A, important to clean, use, use uh, 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 something to clean it. Ammonia is actually good cleaning for, uh, for, for jewelry. Uh, and if you're, if you're, if you use your ring around, if you're really a person who's around hot food, you should pour, if you pour boiling hot, nothing will happen to it. You pour boiling hot water on the ring. If you want to wear it while you're dealing with food on Pesach, if you take it off, you're dealing with food, there's no problem. It's the ring's not chametz. The concern will be that the ring absorbed chametz, and now you're going to be dealing with Pesach food, it could go into that. So if you want to keep your ring on, right, just take, when you, boiling hot water, pour it over it for, <laughs> for clarification purposes for all years Levine was not saying to do it with your hands on thank you for that clarification don't do that at home and don't blame me yes take it off yes oh this is fantastic so actually this Sunday this Sunday this show does have a gala this coming Sunday as advertised, let's say you want to do it at home. You don't want to wait online or uh, you know whatever it may be. And we'll just, we'll talk about Hagalah in, in wherever soon. But very briefly on the Hagalah point, that the pot, it, the pot, strictly speaking, we'll talk about any minhag later is uh, a, a pot chametz pot as well. Any pot not used for 24 hours, which is absolutely positively completely clean, that you can use for Hagalah even for Pesach. Okay. Um, it means purging with the boiling hot water. Good question. We're, we're going to get to that as well. Okay. Floors. Okay. Um, uh, sweep the floors with a mop with detergent. Right? Just sweeping by itself. So you should mop it. Right? Just sweeping by itself. Especially in the kitchen area. is a bad idea. You want to get some kind of detergent. Right? Like, listen. Follow me. Over here, in these cracks... You can sweep here. You're not going to get it. But if you mop here, any water that hits it, or if you want to spray here, you'll get... Any, cause, uh, I don't know what this... Uh, whatever. Right. But, you know, you want to get... You want to mop it with detergent. And, 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 and with a vacuum, you know, also, it's not really in the kitchen area. So we're not talking about nearly as much. And it's cra- cra- cracks across this. Uh, and hard sweep places, I just want to repeat, you can just spray. There are... Every appeal, I'm going behind my oven, I see things, there's no way I can reach it. There's no way I can reach it, right? So you should, you know, make sure to, 
you know, you know, to, to spray. Garbage cans. Oh, garbage cans. So garbage cans uh, <laughs> have lots of garbage in it. Um, so now, and on Chametz, it's good. Uh, on Pesach, it's good to have you know lots of garbage in it. But you don't want to have Chametz garbage in it. So in my house, right? By the way, I'm already going to Gullis. I think on Wednesday, I'm eating in my garage already. All right, the kitchen is going to be pretty much like taken over. So we start moving into our garage by Wednesday. We all thank Don Levitt for those who are going to his bar mitzvah. I say my wife for Shabbos lunch. So we have already half of our garbage cans is going to be pesadik. So they they get cleaned, right? They get washed. I'm not talking about our outdoor garbage cans, by the way. <laughs> the indoor garbage cans right now. Indoor garbage cans. Indoor garbage cans, right? Are going to, for the kitchen uh, have comments, uh, you know, unless you know, just to make sure that they're clean again with uh, ammonia and make sure uh, that they're clean before. Now on. Uh, what day is Pesach is Monday night. Most people's garbage could pick up is Wednesday, Thursday. Is that correct? Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. So you have to make sure, uh, ideally, to get rid of your garbage uh, before that. Ideally, right? I mean, technically speaking, if you leave it, if you if you leave it off your property, you put it on the street. You can't keep the garbage can, the garbage on your house. If you're going to keep it, have chametz in there, is what to rely on to be mafkir, but it's not the best. Really, you should. And if you're going to be mafkir, it to be off your property, right? You can become friends with Mrs. Lederman. She has a, you have a, right, you can visit her. You can stick to, you can, everyone can stick to Mrs. Lederman's house. You know, you knock on her door, knock on her door next a Sunday night, say, I have a present for you, and Mrs. Herman as well, you have a present. They, can, they, have, they have this public garbage, which is, you know, you can let them acquire their garbage, and then they can throw it out. But you can get rid of your garbage, right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not actually advocating that, by the way, but it would, yeah. Yeah, but where are you going to put it? In, in San Jose, you have... Right, exactly. You have to, not, you have to find a, a park or, or somebody who lives in... Right, yeah. Right, so you want to make sure it's off of your property. If you have it in there, at least it has to be off your property. And you can say the, it's the city owns the cans, but it's not great to do that. So I would recommend being conscientious of that and getting rid of it. Yes? Let's say Sure, just you should have them on, but you're you're mafka, you're being mafka that as well. Yeah, and they have to they have to know it. You, oh, what you should not do is do without the permission. No, she's saying with permission. With, yeah, I've seen people do it without permission. So, <laughs> no, it is your property. This is very important because otherwise you don't check your whole house, right? You you actually have legal rights to the house. It's yours, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, what should that make a difference is, in fact, if somebody, if you own the property and a non-Jew's renting, it's also not your responsibility because it's theirs. I mean, that goes both ways in that sense. So, yeah, that's a good question. It's discussed in halacha. It's actually discussed. Well, how about if you, if you spray the garbage bag and the stuff in it? No, you yeah, go to the garbage. There's, oh, there's bread. There's, it's I in that bag. It's not edible. Oh, it is. You go, go ahead. Yeah. It's bread in it. What, how, how, in Stanford's kitchen, you're in that garbage bag. What's in there? Whole meals, whole meals. You would never eat if I told you it was in the garbage. Oh, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Okay. 
garbage, I mean, which you would expect to find in a garbage bag in a Okay. Um, so that's that. That's as, as far as now. The rest of the house. Check pockets. Always check pockets. Are uh, adult pockets, children's pockets. In fact, really, the night of Bedikas Chametz, we're supposed. To, it's supposed to be an audit. Right, the, the cleaning. Everybody else wants is not supposed to be. We start cleaning. It's an audit. So one of the things the place can be done is you check your pockets. You double check the pockets. Double check where you looked. Usually, we're looking at the night because I'm so. In my house, we make it into a whole escapade. All my kids, you know, with their flashlights, like you know, you know, all of that. And my wife is. is I'm trying to entertain the kids, and, like, uh, 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 and they're like, uh, you know, and they hi- and they actually in my, in my house, the kids hide the comments. So I have to find it. So, and some years I have to like, twist her arm afterwards. Where did you put that comment? But I, I, I have my wife know where it is and write it down. No, it's actually very nice. It's, it's very nice. I actually have to look for it. Trust me. If I would tell you where my kids put it, I, you can't even believe. It. But what I do do, and this is not a joke, I'll, I put those tempies out. And they put them in, in paper bags. <laughs> They're not putting any pizzas out without in, by itself under under beds and on top of racks and who knows you know, where Heather will hide it. It's like, you know, she wants to make sure I look very hard, but I put it, I, I, I wrap everyone, I wrap everyone in, in all ten pieces in a brown uh, paper bag that we take for lunches, my lunch bag, which is important because you want to, when you're burning the chametz, if let's say I wrap it in aluminum foil, what happens if you t- when you come to beer chametz? You take a ten pieces of bread and you pour it with aluminum foil. What happens to it? It doesn't, it doesn't burn, and you, and you can't say the bracha if it doesn't burn, right? So you don't get the mitzvah beer chametz. You're going to burn that ten pieces of bread the next day. So, a I my, I use paper bags, and that burns very very nicely. And my wife is meanwhile looking double checking, you know what wasn't done. She's making a list. I should look at things over afterwards. Because double check, double check this. I'm not sure how all this check. Double check this. And we check the pockets. Pockets should be checked. And think about the rest of the house. What areas? But the re- the, the main focus, the main focus of cleaning the kosher. We're, we're, we're making kosher. When you think kosher, what do you think? Do you think kosher? You think of kosher is kitchen, right? Your kitchen. Now, no one's worried about other. I mean, of course, if we're that house. But the main thing is uh, Pesach is kitchen. That's where the mo- uh, kitchen and eating area, wherever that is. That's the area you want to make sure there's no crumbs, and not only no crumbs anywhere where hot food can touch, where food's going to sit, wet food will sit. You cannot have an area where hummus was before. So you got to make sure the kitchen is absolutely, positively uh, clean. So we're going to get to the items of the kitchen as well. But the first thing, what about kashering itself? Okay. What could be kosher as a general rule? Okay. Metal could be kosher, even aluminum. Stone, which includes granite, marble, uh, all these, sto- these cassiates, all these types of countertops could be kosher. Although I'm going to recommend not kosher, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Wood could be kosher. Yeah. Yeah, wood could be kosher. Unless it's heavily chemical, like coated, but you know, regular wood can be kosher. Uh, plastic and rubber. So that is a debate amongst the poskim. Um, the major hechsherim do not allow it, and certainly for Pesach they do not allow it. Moshe Feinstein did not allow plastic and rubber to be kosher. Um, we don't let I don't let plastic in the shul to be kosher. Glass could glass be kosher? 
What? If you're Ashkenazi, you would know. Wait a second. So, wait a second. Let's say glasses with heat. We'll start like that. Pyrex. Pyrex? No. Sephardi, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be kasher if you're Sephardi, because you can use the same glass you've used all year round. Yeah, so, but Sephardi, that's true, but Sephardi, we use, but with, with hot, with hot foods today, most Sephardi will kasher it, but if it's with hot, but you're correct, strictly speaking, uh, Miss Miriam is absolutely correct. And they can use the same for meat and for dinner. You sound like you live in a Sephardic area of the world. Uh, I go both ways. You go both ways. Okay, earthenware cannot be koshered. Earthenware and anything connected. <laughs> no, earthenware, no. What? Porcelain, earthenware, all of that cannot be koshered. Right. Uh, that includes china, corningware, silverstone, uh, and uh, stoneware, tiles, all of that cannot be koshered. Right? Anyone, anyone has a porcelain sink, not kosherable. Um, for those. Uh, who want to know about plastic? That includes formica, Teflon, Corian, Melmac, rubber, all that we don't kosher uh, for Pesach. Now, countertops. Let's see. Now, countertops, I. You, you could. Let's imagine you had a granite countertop. I don't have a granite countertop, out of curiosity. So, multiple people. So, what you could do is granite countertop. You could definitely sit there with hot boiling water. Make your kitchen into an, a marble, right? It look more of a marble than that, that so-called movie Noah will be, right? So, right? Someone's told me there's a movie called Noah, right? Yeah. So, uh, uh, so you make your kitchen into a marble, into a flood, right? It will have a deluge in your kitchen. You could do that, right? And you, but you'd have to sit there and hit every spot of your counter. I don't think that's worth it. Could I, I mean, I, to me, it's very easy. You do if you have granite or any countertop. In your kitchen, you take your you look is it dirty? Make sure you clean. It. You take your ammonia, your Clorox wipes are up to number six now. You do it all over the countertop. Then you cover it. Now I I have every year. I bought it once. I don't know how many years ago. I use it every year. It's hard plastic. They can cut it for you to size. Hard plastic cover, which is cut the size of my countertops, and we put it on and we tape it on there. Right, so all of my countertops are covered with this hard uh, plastic on it. Right, so nothing—it's not—it's not absorbable. And on the sides, I'll cover it as well, so if anything would hit the side. Okay, that covers uh, um, all of the counters. That to me is a lot easier and user-friendly than pouring boiling hot water on counters. The countertops should be covered because if any hot food would hit it without, it would become on Pesach. It's not like during the year. If your hot chicken hits your non-kosher countertop during the year, what's salacha? No, kosher. You can't put it there. I'm sorry. You have a countertop which you bought a house from somebody who's Chinese. Right? And this and Lee or whatever the name is, Juan, whatever, whoever it be, they ate pig and pork and trade meat on that countertop. You live in this house for three years. It hasn't had anything on it. It's clean. Oh, and your, yeah, and your chicken hits it. You can't put hot chicken on that countertop if, it's not, if you don't kosher it. If you kosher it, it's fine. You can't put it on there hot, right? But if it falls in there, it's 100% kosher. You can eat it and enjoy it. You just can't put it there. Right? On Pesach, if it falls there, they haven't had a pasta for three words, it's not kosher. You can't have it. You want to make sure your countertops are all covered. Besides clean, they're all covered. Okay? Um... 
Okay. Refrigerator. Refrigerators are a little bit like the pantry, but a little bit worse. Because first of all, there are people who put foods directly on top of the fridge, fridge right? Some people, uh, there's a lot more spills in fridges, right? Hot spills sometimes. You put your soup Friday nights, eh, and you're in a rush, you don't want to wait for the soup cool, cools off. Things spill in there. So you really, fridge should be lined, right? You want to, so same thing. You want to go ahead and take your Clorox wipes, little Clorox wipes. I have, I'm, I'm going to buy stock tomorrow. Uh, and clean it. Well, make sure there's no, really make sure there's no crumbs, and then line the fridge. Now, this is important. There is nothing wrong with selling part of your fridge or freezer, right? And every year, people have leftover uh, perishable items, which they want to sell, right? So you can sell, I'm selling, some people have two fridges or two freezers, I'm selling the right corner of my fridge, and behind there you have cereals and this, and very often people sell the pull-out trays in the bottom, put breads there, they put all kinds of things there, and they use the rest of the fridge on, on Pesach. You're allowed to do that, but one thing you should not do is you can't be, you can't see it. So you should cover it with aluminum foil and it's not visible. And you also have to specify when you do the sale what you're selling, where it is. You're not selling your whole fridge, you want to use your fridge. You're selling part of the fridge, so that should be covered, because if not, you could, you could be getting your, you know, your chalavi soil, by the way, you're selling chalavi soil milk? For Pesach, right? I, I, I take ten of them. Don't sell it before. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, what? Well, we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. I'm going to buy stock in pars in a few minutes. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, right. So, so, but the fridge. If you're going to have, you don't want to have your kosher lepesach milk or meats, whatever there, and you're sitting there looking at your chametz in your fridge. Nothing wrong with selling part of your fridge, but it has to be demarcated and it cannot be visible. Okay. The, so this is actually the, 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 with the fridge you could use uh, what I what either, listen, you, know, you can use uh, different types either news, some of these newspapers some people use uh, plastic wrap paper but you, there you actually have to punch some holes in there where food wants to touch because it, it needs the air that's it right right you don't want to cover the vents exactly that, that, right, that's important um I'm not sure. These are these are. I, I guess I put the things the things that you don't need to cash out of here. It's I, I put it out of order. Uh, dentures, <laughs> dentures, or for my kids, bite plates, right? Braces. Uh, well, braces, yes. Also for my kids or my uh, kids, right? Braces. Let's start with dentures and bite plates. So clean them very well, <laughs> say at least. I, if you if depending on what they are, if you can pour hot water, boiling hot water, and you should do that. Now, you don't have to boil it. Why do you have to boil it? Because there's never, you never put your mouth in a boiling hot soup on the fire. So never absorb that intense heat. What? Don't do not that. Do not No, no, no. No, do not cross that. No, no, I don't want anyone going to Andy Hartman's house and saying, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> with a story like that. No, no, don't, put, but, but you, there is, you should, if you cut it, pour boiling hot water over that, it's, it's really hot. It should be clean and not used for 24 hours. With dentures, with dentures, with dentures, with dentures it's not, 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 that's not feasible for most. Um, my dentures are my front teeth. Uh, so, right, so, Right, so don't don't do that, please, and, don't, and please wear them. 
Uh, <laughs> right? <you know. laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm serious. No, I'm, not, no, I, yeah, I, I'm not serious. Yeah, so, so, but, it, but it's a great question. When you think of it halakhically speaking, right? You think halakhically speaking, so your teeth are eating hot foods all the time, right? You bite into hot pizza. Right? A person gets a hot falafel. That, when you, when you imagine kosher, well, it could be. Yad Sulets could be 110 degrees. Hot pizza could be really hot Yad Sulets. Yeah, absolutely. Not the high level Yad Sulets, but the, the low level Yad Sulets, the chumah level Yad Sulets. Yeah, it could be. So therefore, if you pour boiling hot water over, then for sure it's good, right? That, cause that's eroid. That's uh, that's good. Um, now what I've done in the past is I'm at home when I'm eating hot food, I take my dentra right before business. So I'm not eating with it in my mouth. Within 24 hours. Uh-huh, okay, that's certainly praiseworthy. Okay. That, yeah, 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 absolutely. That's, that's certainly, that's certainly praiseworthy. I have all the other things that you don't have to change, technically speaking, a can opener. Now, a can opener, technically speaking, doesn't have, deal with hot The only issue with can openers is most people, they pick can openers, what do they do with it? They wash it with their chametz. So then if you wash the chametz, they would need to do it. Uh, candlesticks. Okay. Uh, there is a strong minhag. Not to put things that are on a chametz table on a on a, fleshic, on a pesach table, excuse me, pesach table, unless they're kosher. So <laughs> candlesticks, are you, right? Candlesticks are on your Shabbos table, all, with all kinds of stuff. If you want to keep it on your table, you should be kosher. If you want to, don't want to keep it on the table, just make sure they're clean <laughs> and put it somewhere else. You put it off the table. But anything on the pesach table, in your seder table. Ha, ha, and it's metal candlesticks are metal they would be absorbed chametz technically the minog because again it would only be a problem for you, you know, most people have a tray or whatever you should, but it should, if it's going to be on the table it should be kosher if you don't want to keep it on the table right then you have no problem just make sure it's clean from chametz but if you want it on the table it should be uh, kosher uh, uh, so kishos we're kosher we'll talk about that in a minute high chairs high chairs High chairs. High, <laughs> high chairs. If I would tell you if my daughter Shifra does with hot, or hot soup with noodles, I mean, obviously she's not getting real hot soup, but any soup, you know, like, she doesn't want it. You're like, hey, yeah, yeah. you have this, Chris, right? You know, uh, you know, high chairs are, any, kid, when they, kids would do it, I've had kids smash it in there, crumble it in there, bang it in there, so, but no one's usually giving kids Hot food yatsulas. I hope not, by the way. That would be, yeah. Kids are hot. You, you cook them, even though it's warm, it's not boiling hot, right? It's not boiling hot food. Um, so, you know, that's, by the way, this is important. That's why on a high chair you don't have separate trays for milk and flesh because if you put boiling hot food, you actually would need separate trays because, right? Well, no, and you would need that. If you would, think about it, if you have put boiling hot meat and milk in the same tray, it, it would be a problem. The assumption is you're not, you're not giving kids boiling hot food. You're cleaning it, you're, you know, you're cleaning, you're, you're cleaning it. No more talking about nieces. Uh, 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 food, okay. So what should you do with the high, high, with, with the high chair? You should clean it very well and then ideally cover it with contact paper, right? Because clear contact paper, any, Anything which sits there won't be a, 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 a problem. Okay. Um, I'm going to give now a list um, of things which you should just put away. Don't try to clean. Can't be clean. You can put it in your closet. No points to do it. You ready? Yeah.
Okay. Kitchen items that cannot be kosher include mixers, any bread machine, baking utensils, <laughs> surprise, surprise, uh, a colander, which is a plastic one, those can't be kosher, crock pots, not kosherable, graters, utensils with pl- plastic handles, pasta makers, sandwich makers, toaster, toaster oven, waffle iron, blender blades, and this is actually, the next one is probably more problematic for people who, who they forget. Benchers. Put away, use your agada to bench with. Your benchers are filled with hummets, right? Put away the benchers. Every year people forget to put the benchers. Recipe boxes. Just, right? Cookbooks. Use toothbrushes. And my all-time favorites, and I, I say this story every year because I still can't believe it, painted macaroni. That cannot be. I, 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 I was in a rabbi's house on Cholomoy Pesach. In a rabbi's house, I've said this story many years, I, I'm, like, I'm talking to him in Torah, and I'm looking at his wall, his, his dining where he had his Seder. I'm like, looking at him, like, rubbing my eyes. I was like, was everything Okay. Like, is that macaroni on your wall? <laughs> like, this kid's project on his wall with painted macaroni. Like, it's like the middle of Cholomite Pesach. He's having Seder after Seder, meal after meal, and it's on his wall. I mean, he probably checked his house. <laughs> every crack, every crack, and he had painted macaroni. Now, I have a question. Do you have to check your benchers? Do you have to check your, uh, your bread machine, toaster, ovens? What do you think? Did you clean it? You should clean it. So I have a question. I'm going to pick up Mrs. Reinderman. Mrs. Reinderman, our shotness checker, our pious shotness checker today. Hey, do you sell bread? Are you selling bread? No. You selling cookies? No. With crackers? What are you doing yourself? You throw them out. Okay. You sell what? You're selling whiskey. So you're selling comets. So you're selling comets. So, if you're selling chametz, this is no difference. You can sell the chametz on this. Right? You can sell, you know, here's even less, you're talking about crumbs. Right? If you're selling chametz, listen, if you want to know, if you, again, if you want to be an Arizal Jew, you want to be super machmer, someone thought you're very, you love it, you love it. See, I'm a liberal. I'm, I'm a liberal. Uh, no, so if, if you're selling comments, if you're selling cookies and crackers and bread and all kinds of other comments items, you, you can put these items as is, your toaster oven, without even trying to clean it into your closet where you're selling comments and sell any comments in your, t- your utensils. You're selling comments anyways. You don't have to clean these items. I mean, you're selling bread! <laughs> are you worried about this? Right? You're selling it. You're putting it away. You don't have to go through all your benches and start looking for crumbs. You're selling... Well... Just put it away and sell all chametz. You'll see on my sale. I say any chametz connected to benches. I specifically say any chametz connected to to, to to utensils. You're selling it. Why you get there and check your toaster oven? If you want to, feel free. You know. But if you're selling chametz, just put it in the closet and you're selling it. These are things that, that should not take your time. Right? If you if you tell me I have an hour of time to clean your kitchen better or to clean your toaster, which is going to be sold anyways, just just put it away and sell it. That's that. Again, there's an act. But right, if you're active of, of, of from Kai, it's nothing wrong with it. But, but strictly speaking, or even if you're selling chametz, it, it, it's for sure. It's even way beyond that. It's not really 
a problem, but you should put it away. And again, the benches and cookbooks, every year people forget to put those away. How much it costs? Utensil, books, and all of this stuff, this home, it's how much it costs? To sell? Yeah. You'll come, we'll make a private appointment. You probably have out, <coughs> vodka, you have whiskey. No, 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 I'm thinking about books. <laughs> they're, 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 you're not selling the books, you're selling the comments on the books. So, how much it costs? Not, not much. Five bucks. Yeah, not not even five bucks. Yeah, okay. cheap. Don't. Okay. Yes. Right. You should. I would listen again. If you if you don't want to sell any, I, I'll tell you quite frankly. My, I, I mentioned this tonight. This is this is important. I, I can tell you a good story. Rabbi Forsheimer, who's the, the head postic in Lakewood, New Jersey. Anyone ever Lakewood, New Jersey? Yeshiva in Lakewood. Lakewood's a town, 75,000, very orthodox Jews. So once upon a time, I live in Lakewood, New Jersey. Rabbi Forsheimer is a chief rabbi in Lakewood, New Jersey. He's the chief rabbi of the Yeshiva in Lakewood, New Jersey. So his son, Pesach ended Thursday night. His son got married on a Sunday, about when I was in Lakewood. And he's going to get married on a Sunday. It means the offer was on Shabbos. So I saw him. I saw him. I said, what are you doing with the Ufrik? How's your wife going to cook all these cakes? He said, my wife, she made all the cakes before Pesach. All the whole Ufrik was made before Pesach. And we sold it. <laughs> he, he literally, he, he had a whole Ufrik prepared and he sold it for Pesach and it was already that the night after Pesach had said in some freezer somewhere and it was ready to go afterwards. Now I will tell you that Rabbi Forsheimer on a, on a regular year did not sell chametz, right? He did not sell chametz. So what was my point? You gotta know yourself. You gotta know your situation. You gotta know what you want to do. In my house, I get rid of all chametz personally. I don't have a big whiskey collection. You know, I, I, I'm happy to get rid of old pasta and old cereals. You know, I, I don't lose sleep at night over that. I get rid of all chametz. But I will tell you, I tell my wife every year, take the toaster oven, dump out the crumbs, you know, do a peripheral cleaning. But don't sit and harp over it. We're selling it anyways. And I put it on myself. And if, quite frankly, if she couldn't handle that, I would tell her just put it in the, in the closet and sell it as is. You know, I'm not... You know, you know, if you want to sit and do these things, you have time and luxury, of course it's, it's a nice act to do that. We're talking strictly speaking over here. Okay? It's true you're selling it. I mean, it's not... It's, you know... It's, uh, you know, technically speaking, it's okay. You know, again, if it's very easy to clean, call cover, you should, you should, you should clean it. But if you're selling bread, I mean this seriously, if you're selling chametz, <laughs> this is a no-brainer in my mind. You're selling bread. What are you worried about this? You're selling crackers. You're selling whiskey. Right? Coors light and Coors regular. No problem. Okay? Now, could someone close that uh, door to this men? All men that are here, we're giving you specific jobs to clean your house. Howard, what are you doing for Pesach? We have, we have, we have, we have rules for you. Because you, you, you want to class, we're delegating. Okay. Yes. Let's say uh, you have a garage and you want to put some comments um, there. Right. And, but you have a refrigerator that you can use for Pesach. Right. It's actually a great question. I, 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 I will do this, and I want to go straight into kosher. I like I like to finish by nine thirty, and I'll stay. People have questions afterwards. 
very important. Whatever you sell is absolutely off limits. And I mentioned this to men also. Every year I have a person call me up, Rabbi Levine, you know, I sold my pantry, I, I put the tape on it and said, Chametz, but I forgot my watch in there. <laughs> Someone told me I forgot the car keys. They forgot the car keys when they sold it. You're like, that, whatever is sold, you do not own. If to imagine, it's a, a magic, it's a magic line where you cannot go there. You, you know, you, it's not accessible for you on Pesach. So if you want to use part of your garage and sell other, that area has to be cordoned off. It should actually have like, you know, like, you know, like the, you ever see like the police when they close down an area of streets? Orange tape or some kind of cordon off at that part of the garage. And right. It, yeah, it's either it's sold or it's not sold, right? Mm-hmm. So it's that, that's that's an, uh, uh, an important point. Now let's talk about what you could kosher and not. Okay. So as mentioned, metal could be kosher. Now a, there are people who like to have their everything exclusively for Pesach, and that's great. Some people can't afford that. Some people have completely metal kalim. So why can't I kosher? And that's true. Many people, I'd say the number one item that's koshered every year here, is Kiddush cups, right? You're supposed to have, you know, a nice Kiddush cup for Pesach, four cups of wine. So everyone wants to have Kiddush cups. But guess what? When are we doing the koshering? In the shul? The Sunday. So, uh, right? And not only, so even if you're doing it on the Sunday, how are you going to kosher? So, so, so hold that Kiddush cup thought for a second. Let's talk about Haggalah. Right? How does Haggalah work? Haggalah involved is purging. Right? You for metal objects that are used in cooking or with hot with hot liquids, you can kosher it. You can make a kosher pesach by purging it by Haggalah. But there are certain rules of the game. First of all, it cannot have been used for hot foods in 24 hours. Okay? If it was used for hot food in 24 hours, it's not kosherable with Haggalah has to be completely clean for the 24 hours. has to be in a pot, which is a Haggalah pot. As mentioned, a Haggalah pot is a pot that's not, not used for 24 hours. Or, some people have a minhag, have an exclusive Haggalah pot, which means, technically speaking, on a, on, a, on a regular day, you can take a meat pot, which is not used for 24 hours, and kosher something, even for milk. Right? right? You could do that. Right? You could take a pot, and, which is chametz, not used for 24 hours, and put a cup in there, right, and after and boil it, and, and, you, and you can use that. Uh, there are other people some people only use you know first kasha the pot. So if, let's say last year we had tagala pot, people brought in chametz, right? They didn't do the initial. Right? We're very. I, I always ask people who come here on the Sunday, did you use this in 24 hours? <laughs> if you did, it's not eligible to be kashered here. You cannot use it with hot foods in 24 hours. So things are nice in 24 hours and they're clean could be kosher. So if you have a kiddush cup on Shabbos, so let's imagine the Shabbos. Can you make kiddush with your kiddush cup and kosher on Sunday? Survey says yes, yes, right. So what do you do? You make barley prayer golfing, Use it for your grape juice, or your your wine, or your four gates wine, or your kettle wine, or whatever you want to use. A sulfite free wine, and you just take it afterwards. You rinse it with cold water, and you can use it. You, could you rinse it with hot water? No. If you did, and then you tell me you use Baron Herzog kosher the Pesach wine, 
and he didn't use a sponge, which is chametz, he just used hot water. But if you use a sponge which is chametz, now you have problems. So you want to rinse it with cold water. So the hot water itself doesn't make it chametz. It's a sponge which is used for your chillant and used for other things, which is a problem. So whatever you want to kosher, it can be used for 24 hours. Okay. I have a question. Yes. The pots that we don't use it, we need to sponge it Right. So if you want, to, let's say you want, to, you have an all metal pot, metal handles, all metal pot, and you want, it's a good soup pot, right? It's all metal, so you want to use it. So you can clean it with any kind of sponge, and it can be a chametz sponge, whatever you want. If you, you know, if it's facial face, you have a sponge. Don't. It's clean for 24 hours. You come in, you're good to go. Okay. Right. If it's a pot, yeah. No reason not to. It's all metal. No problem. Not a problem. If you want. Some people like the tircha. No, I'll tell you why people, some people, some people want to use their chametz pots last minute and they want to use, start cooking for Pesach. They have Pesach in their pots, but no, there's no, it's all metal. It's for sure kashable. Yeah, there are people who like to have exclusive sets. And there's, there's something to that. But technically speaking, no, the second most popular item to kasher is utensils. Uh, you know, you know, cutlery. Right? Uh, forks, knives, they're all metal. Technically, it's totally fine, right? Say this again. The little. Oh, so right. So lids today, a lot of the lids are not kosherable. Yeah, that's right. A lot of lids are like Pyrex or some other kind of hard plastic, and they're not kosherable. Yeah, that's yeah. So you have your kiddush pump. You have a kosher face on top. The oven is kosher. Yeah, yeah. If so, if if, if you if you do in the show, we we have equipment. If you do it at home, if you do it at home, uh, I when I do it at my house, I, I have like you know, the kids have like these netting socks. Yeah. So, the net, you just put in that netting, you dip it in. Right, with a zipper thing, you don't, you don't, have, to, you don't have to zipper it even. You just put it in, and the boy, and the water has to be boiling, actually bubbling, not hot, bubbling, bubbling water, bubbling water. You put it in, and then the minute is actually afterwards to put it under a cold rinse, right? And that's for halachic reasons. Yes. So yeah, you should you should have you should if you're gonna have. It should be one at a time, or if you're doing cutlery, which have a few, it should be two or three, which each could, the hot water has hit every bit of it. So you can shake it in there, the cutlery, because only it's a few seconds. Just stay in there for about 20 seconds, and then you take it out every, every, every. And you can't lose the bubble, the bubbling. So you could do multiple. Not two or three, and assuming it can get around, depending on how it's placed, but it shouldn't be on top of each other. That, it should not be. Okay? Question. That with that preface, yes, go ahead. Yes, good question. It's actually a good question. In general, the men, I guess, you don't switch a dairy to flashix for no reason because you'll get confused. But in Pesach, since you're kashering for the comments, you can switch it. No problem. Okay. Um, pot covers need hagala as well. Okay. By the way, uh, um, Frying pans, uh, by the way, frying pans, almost very, no frying pans could be kosher, kamat, for Pesach. Can't torture? Well, two, there's two issues. If most frying pans today need to be blow torched or put into self cleaning oven, which we'll talk about ovens 
for a minute because you, you, your frying pans are not cooked with they're not maybe purged you need to be libon right? libon has to have burning hot but most frying pans have teflon right or, or some kind of other plastic thing on first of all which means you torture you'll ruin it <laughs> right the pure metal they're more commercial type yeah so those could you could blow a torch those torch Right, right. So that, that can be blow torched or, or to a self cleaning. I, like I told the rabbi I don't do torches. Okay. Um, covers. Okay. Um, so anything like that you would use on a barbecue also would have to be libun, right? Fire and fire out. Fire and fire out, exactly. Fire and fire out. One other point, by the way, is if you have any plastic or uh, ceramic jars that hold the like, cookies, or that that also you can put away for Pesach, right? That's important. Yes. So anything, if you want to use a barbecue, anything you drain a barbecue, not talking about barbecue yet. If you use a tongs for the barbecue or a fork, that needs to be blowtorch to be kosher for Pesach. Because you know, uh, I can't just put, put it into boiling hot water because that's, that's used on fire, so it needs to be kosher through pure fire. Okay. That's our kitchen appliances, besides the fridge, which we did already. Cooktops. Now, cooktops, if you have burners, this, you know, you, you, there are things you like and things you don't like. <laughs> right? The good thing about burners is it's very easy to kosher. I'm not, I'm not talking about ceramic burners or saran burners with that in a second. That's like the worst thing in my mind. Uh, regular, old-fashioned, archaic, primitive, ancient coil burners, right? You turn them on the highest for 15 minutes. They turn red, actually. They turn red. And you're done. Just make sure not, they're clean. You clean the, 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 the tray under it, and you are done. 15 minutes? 15 minutes, yeah. Electric burners. Turn them up to the highest for 15 minutes. Now, you have to... Cover the, the you should clean clean the part underneath it. You cover with aluminum foil between it, right? That area should look like like you know tin shiny exactly, right? Drip <laughs> pans should be clear clean if you have that under there, um, but that's very easy. If you have gas, it's a little bit harder, but not much harder. And you get gas is good for yomtiv, right? And you can you can adjust the fire up if necessary. If it's going to burn, you can even lower it. Uh, if it's going to burn, not just, not just, not for no reason. So with gas, usually the gas ones are on these um, grates. Now the grates, the, those grates, you know, they're metal grates. They come off, right? Those grates, things spill on those grates, and the fire actually don't doesn't touch the grates, but burning hot food does touch those grates, right? You spill your meatball sauce. And you spill your soup on those grates. So those grates need libon. So you have one, two choices. You either take a blowtorch on those grapes, or you put it into a self-cleaning oven. Okay. Or you can have like a black... I don't even know what you're doing over this. You put like a black on top of the... Uh, you turn on the fire. It, hit, it hits a black on top of it, and it it goes back down onto the grates. You understand? You put a, either uh, uh, like a black, like a, 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 a thin thing of metal sheet on top of those grates so the fire would hit the metal and come back down onto the grate itself and get the grate with burning how long? 15 minutes yeah. Yeah. 
pot with water on top of the grate. That would be sort of the blip. No. No, 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 it has to, has, has has to cover everything. Self cleaning oven, that's yes. very easy, yeah. Yes. Um, the self cleaning oven. Wait, no, I'm not even talking ovens yet. No ovens yet. Mm. I can't use that. Ovens, uh, um, not yet. Okay, the next thing is so we've had electric burners, we have great gas. Anyone have ceramic, saran? A glass top? You have it? What? My little next year. Little next year. Yeah, so what? So I, so wait, so the glass top's like this. The glass top, they look fancy. And they're paying the neck to Kasha for Pesach because you really have, you really, you could, but you can't because you have to cut, you have to cover the parts in between. And what happens if you cover glass? It cracks. You don't want to crack it. So I, I say to you, glass up, just buy, plug in electric burners. Just buy the new burners, you have no problem. Uh, you know, am I getting you nervous? <laughs> But I don't have to worry about it until next yeah, year. Next year. Right? I have burners from last year, but what? this year I don't need them. I had glass top last and you year. I bought burners, and now I don't need them because I don't have glass top. It's going to be tomorrow. Yeah. So the best thing is the burners. If you want to try the kosher, I'll tell you how to kosher, but I don't, I don't recommend it. Okay. Um, buy the, buy, buy the, you're looking serious now. Look for you, look very intent. Well, I do have the glass tops, but I have the burners Oh, there you go. Great. Alright, so let's imagine you don't have glass top now. You're using your oven top. Okay. If you go, if you have the vents up top, that's like filled with. You ever see someone's house with like the chicken soup like going up there? You know? It's like just like steaming up there. That, first of all, clean that as best as you can. If you can take the thing down. That's actually, because that's the remember one thing. Just like your chicken soup or, you know, with your matzo balls and your noodles. And your kneed loch on, on, on a regular Friday afternoon there, you're going to be on air pace also, and the steam's going to go up there and come back down, right? That's food! You're in the, you're in the prime of where you're covering your, your kitchen. Don't have the vents on, cover that with all with two layers of aluminum foil. Really, two layers of aluminum foil, not one. Clean it and cover that wall, because what's going to happen is, you're, unless you're going to cover all your pots on Pesach constantly, you're going to have steam, your meatballs. You know, your, your, your soup is going to be boiling up there, hitting that where the whole year chametz was going up there and coming back down sometimes, you know, when it, when it cools off. So you don't want to have that. You should clean it. The other areas, the, the back wall or the backsplashes, that should also look shiny. Because what happens is pots hit there all the time, food hits there all the time. So, you know, it doesn't have to be five feet up, but wherever the pot, the pot level would be, that should be covered uh, as, as well, okay? Backsplash. Cover the wall. Yeah, because if the pot hits it or if it gets wet, you don't want to just cover that that, that wall. This is where you're putting your food. This is actually where your energy should go. This is boiling hot food, right? Where comets is cooked the entire year. That's the area where you want to be concerned about. You know. In a few years, they will understand that, by the way. I guarantee you. Like, they'll like, just like, sorry, don't, they'll apologize. That's what's going to happen on the phones. Okay. Uh, clear oven tops? Ovens. Ovens. Now, I always say uh, a wife's best friend or if her husband, whoever's cooking, is a self-clean oven. It doesn't get better than that. When you're like, you have a self-clean oven, life is good. Mm-hmm. Pesach, life is good. 
soft clean oven, piece of cake. Put it on, four hour cycle. You go for a nice treadmill jog, breeze. Yeah, I'm done. What? What? Are you trying to say? What? What? Are you trying to say? Go on the treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> Do whatever you want. Go to the museum. Yeah. No, you don't want to leave the house. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> By the way, I'm brought it. So if if it's if it's it, so it's a, so good question. Do you have to clean a self-cleaning oven before? If you have big pieces there, you should clean it. If it's just regular oils and fats, you're good to go. But put it on for the full four-hour cycle, the full cycle, not a half cycle, full cycle. What if this full cycle is three hours? Whatever it is. Whatever, whatever, whatever the highest cycle, three hours. Yeah, usually it's four, but if it's three, it's three is fine as well. Um, the, there are those that are stringent that if you have the mo- which is much most of the doors, if you have the glass see-through, you know the glass see-through, so that that doesn't get as hot as the oven to cover that with aluminum foil. Right, especially if you put food down on it. Very, very, you know, when you're carrying trays, you, very often people put food on it. Not a good thing. What? Like Not you a don't good thing. Why? Because you want to break the door. Oh, you break the door. Yeah, things fall on it. But even if you don't tr- purposely, things fall. You should. So those who are careful to put aluminum foil, they, they wrap it and then it should go around the sides and you just tape it. If you try to tape it there, it will in, in, within five minutes the heat will take off the tape. So you let the aluminum foil come around the sides. And tape. That's a stringency, but it's a good stringency actually for a self-cleaning oven. Okay. Let's say you don't have a, a, a person in the kitchen's best friend on Pesach and self-cleaning oven. You have the old-style standard oven goes to 500 or 550, not to self-clean, which gets to 850 or 900, right? Gets to 500. Does anyone have that still? Anyone? Okay. The lens. So you make a deal. This is, this is, I'm gonna give you some good ammunition over here. Okay. First of all, if you don't, if you have the old cell ovens, you're not as lucky as yourself. Clean. You gotta clean the oven very well. <laughs> you actually gotta clean it. You should, you know, use what's it called? Um, easy off. It, it easy off the oven. You can't use it for 24 hours. Don't leave the easy off for 24 hours. You take it off. Make sure it's clean for tw- uh, completely clean for 24 hours. Then you turn on the highest, okay, uh, for really for 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 four hours, because that's up to for four hours, and you're not done yet. So the racks are a big problem because they need libun, right? They need to actually be blow torched or put into a self clean oven. So here's your deal: you both you 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 give your oven racks for garbage. This is what you do. You offer, you ask somebody for, when they're doing this off the oven to put your racks in there. You know, take the garbage. And it's a, it's a win-win. Right? Um, uh, right. You just, so you just put, when your friend's doing their self-clean, you put the racks in, in there. Um, uh, and then, and then according to most opinions, they're fine. There are those who are, most of felt that you should still use like inserts in that case. Um, but that's a, that's a stringency. But the, ra- the main thing is the racks are really, Need to be blowtorched or put into someone else's self-clean oven. Okay. Um, 
have you covered the racks afterwards? Uh, what do you say? How do you blow torches? Where do you blow torches so that you don't blow off the house or something? Outside? You take it outside. Outside wherever? Wherever. Rakka's buying one. You ask David Rakka to do it for you. I can see him loving the blow torch. Where you have to be careful. The jokes yeah. aside, yes. like anything else in life, this is not. If you don't know how to use a blowtorch, do not experiment. Don't put also right. You know there are people who put blowtorches in their ovens and blow up their ovens. You know like uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Warming drawer cannot be kosher. You had a question? Yeah, but the, uh, um, the racks after kosher. If you put it into a self-clean oven, you do not need to cover it. Let's imagine you can't put it into a self-clean oven. Then you'd have to ease it up very well, cover all your food when you cook it, and cover the racks with aluminum foil. And then the, like the glass, like when you look through the old oven, do you, do you have to put like aluminum foil on that too? So the, that, that would be proper to do as well, yeah. That doesn't like destroy the oven and there's no issues? No, 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 no. So, uh, just don't block any vents or if they have that there. Yeah. yeah any so. other areas besides should put aluminum? No, okay. no, just racks is the main thing in, in the door. Uh, yeah, just to stay. <laughs> okay, warming drawers. Warming drawers cannot be koshered. No, I'll take your oven. You can take mine. Okay, warming drawers cannot be koshered. Microwaves. Does anyone have an all metal microwave? Purely metal microwave? Okay, so you can't kosher a microwave. <laughs> okay. Dishwashers. Anyone have pure metal dishwashers and racks? No, 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 costuring dishwashers. If you, uh, there are weight dishwashers that we can talk about. I would say the pure metal, pure metal racks. Uh, uh, blech can't kosher. Hot plate can't kosher. But what could you do with a hot plate? Cover it with two levels of clean it completely well, right? Completely. Scrub it down and two levels of aluminum foil and you're good to go. The hot plate, a plata, it's called. You good? Samech? Happy? Good. Okay. Two layers, yeah, two layers. Make sure though it's completely clean first. Completely clean. And then you're covering two layers, there's no transfer in that, in that kind of case. My husband put boiling water on it too, that's not necessary. That's that's something, but it, the, the problem with hot plates is that it it's even gets worse. But that's actually better. If you want to do that, yeah, you, you do that. But if it's covered with two layers, technically speaking, you're not going to have a problem. But if you worry about some of the layers coming off, the boiling water would be recommended as well. Yeah. But the most important thing is to recover with two solid layers of aluminum foil. Clear? Questions? Sinks. Okay. Sinks. Uh, so I'll, do, I'll get to her. Sinks. Sinks. I don't like sinks. And I, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you. So if it's a porcelain sink, there's nothing to talk about. You can't kosher it. Most people, in the bathrooms, they have porcelain sinks. In the kitchens, they don't. There are all those with porcelain sinks in the, in the kitchen. You have porcelain sink in the kitchen? Currently, okay. So you can't kosher it. But I would contend, even metal sinks are very hard to kosher. You know why? There's all kinds of angles. You have to sit there pouring it on all sides and all angles. Um, you know, I do that, but I don't trust that on, on Facebook. My wife is like super mocking So uh, what, what, what we do is what I, I buy is we buy an insert. 
We have like a pesa. You know, like, you ever see the inserts? Any plastic insert. And my wife, my wife, most We have an insert like it goes down. There's a hole in the middle. They sell it in Lakewood. Um, you can ask my wife where to get it. She'll tell you. Something that you buy it once, you have a pesa for forty years. It's, it's a one-time purchase. Um, what it's called in Lakewood? There's places in Brooklyn and I'm sure in LA they, they have these things. You just tell them the measurements of your sink, and they ship you an insert for your sink, and you're good to go. You don't have to do that. You can even use a plastic insert with no hole. You can wash your dishes in there in the sink. But if you're going to use hot water on Pesach, I still recommend you, you know, koshering the sink. Or if it's important, you can't just don't use hot water. Use lukewarm water. You're not going to have a problem, right? With, on, on Pesach, don't use boiling hot water on a sink, which the whole year they use chametz. Unless you have an all-metal sink, you're going to be very careful to get all of the sink in kosher. I still would say use, to use an insert. Uh, the sink top, you should take it off and put that in your Haggalah uh, as well and pour boiling hot water over that. Okay? Is it stacked? Does, does it pull, come down? Pull it down and pour it over? Yeah, yeah. And then you pour the, the water over it. Because remember, sinks, you know, everyone has pasta. You know what they do with pasta? Most people steam their pasta. Yeah. You know their sink. It has boiling hot pasta going in there. Boiling, you have hot soup. You pour it down your sink. So it's literally chametz. So I would, you, you could, if it's all metal, listen, technically speaking, if it's all metal, it's all metal, you could clean it completely. Like, like you're going to kosher your, your kiddush cup. Clean it completely. Wait 24 hours after you clean it completely. And pour boiling with a boil hot water in every single part of that sink mm-hmm. and it's kosher what? That's what doing. That's you're doing. No, that's a it's big all, it's all yeah, it's the a metal. Right, it's a big job. Yes. You make Pesach and stand for the kitchen? Yes. Wow. Oh, you must get you for that? Good luck. Uh, <laughs> it's a big, no, it's a big job. You have to sit there and look at every inch of the metal is getting hit by the, the boiling hot water. Maybe that means it can means once it, Let's put it this way. If you're koshering this, let's imagine it's the countertop. So you pour the boiling hot water and it hits here, right? Let's say it runs down there. That doesn't cover it. I mean, it means where it hits on the hit. So it may go like this off the pour, right? It has to hit the whole surface. It's not where it goes running. It actually has to hit 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 that area. Okay. Um, urns. Do, now an urn, technically speaking, if it's not near chametz. Doesn't need to be kosher. Most people put their farinas and their oatmeal's and their hot cereals near it. So urns, um, it depends. You know, I I have new urns for Pesach. I recommend new urns for Pesach, <coughs> especially because if it gets tray, yeah, if it's kosher plastic. For some people, if it's not, if it's not nothing hitting the top, they're not. They're pretty much careful. It's not near anything. It's only a really far out thing, so you want to rely on the kosher. And nobody has to put into boiling hot water uh, to halakala. So it's, it makes if, if it's uh, yeah, uh, okay. Um, also, very important. I have this as a note over here. Uh, put away plastic washing cups. You know, people keep their they have their nutella dime cups, and they keep it in the sink, and they wash things in that sink, and they pour. Past in that sink, and you don't want to have it in your sink on Pesach. So either have a new, a nice special kosher Pesach plastic washing cup, or, or if anyone has a plastic washing cup which they keep by their bed for Pesach, use one by your bed and put it in your sink. It's not usually in your sink. So just switch the washing cups, or it's in your bathroom somewhere. 
switch the washing cups and no one pours you know pasta in their, in their bedroom bathroom you know you know hope not uh, right so you know just switch the washing cups uh, and that would work um, also just like the tablecloths just like tablecloths uh, dish towels right either you have a separate dish towel or you check them really well <laughs> clean them soap and water and check them okay um, did I miss anything over here? Coffee makers? I, I, I skipped coffee makers. Uh, coffee makers. First of all, it, it would only be if you use it for unflavored coffee. Co- flavored coffee can have, it needs a hashtag because it can actually, right. right? So, if you have unflavored coffee, you don't get any cure. You've only used hashtag coffee all year round. Right. Pure unflavored coffee, so you can clean thoroughly. thoroughly. Uh, you know, replace with the new uh, filters and 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 the, and the glass if it's washed in the sink. If you get a new glass. What if like like one of the hot coffee? Yeah, but there's no. The Kikurik, you mean? Yeah. Assuming you only use the plain unflavored coffee, who no, uses? No, kosher coffee. Yeah, it's not. I don't know. There's no, but you. The first of all, the flavor. It's not hexure. It's not If it's pure, if it's decaf, decaf actually has comments. Decaf, actually, decaf coffee always is a extra for Pesach. It has chametz. Right, right, but the decaf has some chametz. If you just use plain technical coffee and you don't wash it, technically you're good to go. Just change, right. You know, you don't put anything near it. But most people will have flavored coffee or something like that. Yeah. Like my Keurig, I use flavored coffee, my pods, and I keep it near my chametz. So also, where it's kept next to it. So I kept right next to the chametz. Technically, okay. Any questions on food? Now, let me just sit, th- talk real quick about food. I'll take any outside questions. And for those who want to go, feel free to go. There are two things I recommend. First, I recommend pars. Ra- Nadia is her friend, she, right? You can give her personal orders. She's happy to take it. Customer service. Kashala Pesach. She even has a set side for kidney is separate, right? You keep it separate. Uh, one thing about kidneys, by the way, this is important this year. Uh, historically, quinoa, people asked me, I said, uh, if you're sick, if you're, you have problems with gluten, da da da. This year, they, they did all this research and the OU account that quinoa is fine for Pesach. So if you like quinoa, it has to have OUP, has to have the P because quinoa is actually manufactured next to chametz, or you need the OUP, but quinoa is good. Um, if you have star K comments from I mean, star K quinoa from Passover <laughs> from last year, you can use it because star K is not doing a Pesach run. Yes, if you have it last year, there's no mold and there's no bugs. There's two things one should buy before Pesach, besides what you typically think, and that is milk. Milk should always now. I would recommend ideally lichatzchila. Milk should be chalav yisrael milk, or, or, and what I grew up in Miami Beach or in LA, they actually have regular milk, which is a Pesach brand. Why is milk a problem? First of all, milk they fortify with vitamin A and D, and the fortifications. Guess where it comes from? Very often, grains. <laughs> okay. Number two, chocolate milk has malt, right, in it, and very often the same lines they're making milk has making chocolate milk as well. Now, if the milk is bought before Pesach, since it's only a question, it's a doubt, and it's so minute, and you're buying before Pesach so the bittel happens, you have what to rely on. But if you want to buy any milk on Pesach, you should buy it 
pars, which is called Yisrael. And even ideally for Pesach, there would be an idea to buy that as well. Even if you're thinking of Chal Yisrael, you're not buying milk because it's Chal you're buying milk because you know there's going to be no comments if it's for kosher Pesach. Chal Yisrael milk also, the whole year, they don't care if they have grain-based vitamin A and D, but when the Chal Yisrael makes a Pesach run, you know that they're not putting any fortifications, that, were, that they're getting it from non-grain sources, for fortifications, and also they're not getting on the chocolate. So, no people buy, buy before. I'm holding one question. Eggs also. There's an idea to buy eggs before Pesach as well. Okay? Eggs should be bought before Pesach as well. The rest of it, we can, talk, we can ask the products after. I just want to make those two points. At this point, anyone who, who needs to go home should feel comfortable going home. The rabbi will not be insulted and uh, 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 we shall not insult. But if anyone has any questions, I'm happy to try to answer.